Stormward and Associates is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our community on Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Over a hundred episodes ago, the dumb GM Trey said, hey, let's run an actual play show, thinking their friends would stop them. They co-created Stormwood and Associates with Gen, Nick, and Kyle. It succeeded? Then a bunch of stuff happened. Like dark wizards and going on the run and, and the Morris Halata and stuff. And, and somehow, somehow... After, you know, 130-something episodes, we, we finished the campaign. That, that's a thing that happened. Holy, holy cow, guys. Wow, we, wow. All right, so, like, this is the part where the song gets cool, right? Like, this part right here? Yeah! Cool theme song. Cool, cool. I, yeah, cool song. Stormwood and Associates stars Gen Proc as Raz Stormwood, Nick Izumi as Bill Carpathia, Kyle Johnson as Tristan Babbitt, and Trey Dorn as NK and Kell O'Reilly. And the song gets like real quiet here again as it's like it's closing out the end like it's dramatic and stuff of just a let's look back on what the fuck just happened <laughs> hey stormwood associates listeners we literally finished recording the uh finale uh 20 seconds ago uh so <laughs> You guys just finished a campaign. Yeah. We did. I don't know we if I've ever finished, finished a, a long-term campaign. <laughs> it's, I mean, this is going to air in probably, probably November 2021. The, the episodes, I don't know when we're going to release this, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, we've been playing these characters for um, a while because we we started um we recorded for like about a month or so before we started releasing episodes because we banked a whole bunch first off because we first had the even just the concept for this like what january 2019 yeah january 2019 is when we decided that like i had the idea that i wanted to do an actual play show for a while but all everything about stormwood came together in um at Evercon 2019 um, we were talking about it and then we started recording in like February and March and we started releasing episodes in April of 2019 so yeah because April 19th 2019 is when the first episode came out so uh, yeah we've been doing the show for two and a half years Jeez. And 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 so, in case listeners are concerned, there will be uh, a second campaign with all new characters set in the Stormward and Associates universe. Yeah. Um. 
So uh, I guess multiverse because we've got uh, that whole other reality where. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we're freaking Gavos from. Yeah, there's there's a lot to there's there's a lot more universe to explore, but I'm happy with where we took these characters. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's bittersweet to say goodbye, but it's all right. So uh, we did we did like one reaction episode a long time ago, back around um, episode sixty ish. Um, I think it was harmed, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, right well, after yeah, harmed, harmed yeah, we got the, kicked out. Technically, the middle of the harm dark. Yeah, because uh, uh, the so episode um, between episode sixty six and sixty seven. So that was almost at the halfway point. That was the effectively the story wise line wise halfway point. Like we're in the one thirties is how many episodes. Like I don't know exactly how well it's going to break down. It's probably going to be three four. There were probably 136 episodes in the first campaign. Jeez. You don't realize how long it gets <laughs> when yeah. you're actually just like playing it. And especially yeah. when yeah, you're like it. switching GMs and it's like, okay, who's turn to like do a little campaign? It's like, uh. Well, yeah, I remember who's when we got something GMs. made up. It's been a while since we switched GMs. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the second game. Well, it's just because as we came into the end game of this campaign. Yeah, and we really couldn't. Yeah, no, it's I had to do because, yeah, the the Halcyon. Like, we could have inserted a, like, a side story in there. But, um, like, it, it just would have been, like, we, we were building. The, the story was building momentum. It would have been, like, unsatisfying if, like, after. It would have been weird. Like, I. I I was even playing with like a, a like a follow up Gary story, but especially when all I could think of were Gary stories, that that would just kill momentum. It wouldn't be good. Well, um, and plus part of it was like, I'll be completely honest. I was starting to get really excited for campaign two, so I could like stop being the main <laughs> character. Yeah, because I think... Uh, Spoiler, I'm not going to be the main character in season two. Yeah, so, so season Heck two yeah. is going to have a different Stormwood. And season mm-hmm. two is, I, I believe that, Kyle, you're playing the Stormwood in season two. We, we're gonna we're not going to talk about our season two characters yet. Um, nope. Because we're going to do... Gotta an ep- wait. What we're going to do is we're going to do an episode zero for campaign two, where we just sit down and talk about who our characters are going to be beforehand. Um and that's that's what we'll do. Like we'll do another episode like this before campaign two starts releasing. So you know, you guys get to know who the characters are before we start throwing them at the wall. Um, just as we casually talk about them, then that's that's kind of my idea. God, I was looking at this like the last time someone other than me GM'd it was episode one fifteen back in July. <laughs> that's when when Kyle uh, ran the whole thing with the spell fighters. Because after yeah. that we had the the last piece of the tristone, mm. and then at, where we went to the desert town, and then after that, um, there was uh, stopping Hollowell from building a new stone of rebirth with the two domino two effect storyline, and then after that we did uh, we went to Halcyon. I just realized that purple worm never showed up. <laughs> like she hasn't found them yet. <clears throat> yeah, we No, not yet. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's a snake. They'll be ready. They'll be ready. 
a snake. It got me confused because I was like, that was a snake that was that's still coming through. Oh, slowly I'm surely. confused. I I forgot. No, it's I a, also remembered it being a worm. No, <laughs> it's it's because <laughs> giant worm things tend to attack you in abandoned towns. It's just a thing. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the you know, Dune just came out. You know, worms yeah. are on the brain right now. Yeah, no, that was that one was a snake. <laughs> yeah it's uh well and then you also like uh, well i'm not gonna spoil me grander season two um no. but uh yeah no so i've like i've been i've been jamming since july but you did a really good job yeah yes thank you thank you Thank you. I I think everybody did a really good job. I think I've really enjoyed this. This is like I've been gaming since for for literal decades and I've never finished a campaign before in my life. I finished one shots and like brief things like that, but I've never like finished a long form campaign. I've been in many, but I've never like they always just ended. And I guess the fact that that you guys are listening to it no matter how few of you there are, and I know what the numbers look like, but there's more than one of you. Uh, you guys listening kind of, you know, prompted us to to get through the whole story. And I want to point out, I'm very proud of myself for coming up with this whole goddamn thing ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Many changes happened along the way. <laughs> but all the key moments are, uh, we're, we're, we're actually, like, went to plan? Good. Like, you guys, you guys fucked my shit up on, like... to die. I, I really thought things weren't going to end well for him you guys, today. <laughs> oh, you guys were like, you got, well, first off, like, you guys got so lucky in that final battle with Hollowell that he got an initiative of nine. <laughs> I rolled a one on Hollowell's initiative. Jeez. So, like, the fact that, like, everybody except NK, because NK also got a nine, but she's not the main villain, so she goes after Hollowell in the order, um... And then, like, you know, the, the plan was Royce was, like, Royce was always destined to come into the final battle and just, like, soak damage for Hollowell. Um, Raz ended that battle with no damage because Bill finally remembered he can heal people to full. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I thought I played it off well. I thought I, I thought I played off, uh, the concussion. Like, there's so many things, like, uh, originally my plan was that, um, like, the only real major thing I changed from my original plan was Kel being separated completely from Hollowell, because my original plan was that the way Raz was going to have to defeat Hollowell was Kel taking over from the inside and stopping Hollowell's hand, giving Raz the opportunity to kill him. And mm. it was going to be this big dramatic moment of having to kill her brother. <laughs> and, uh, Oof. but I got like, we were like maybe 30 episodes in and I was like, Gen is going to murder me in my sleep if I do mm-hmm. this because the, Oh, I got so mad over <laughs> so many points of this campaign <laughs> because, uh, like, but also, like, the the relationship between Raz and Kel had gotten so much closer than what I originally intended because, like, mm. like their, their kind of backstory just, like, ended up merging so much closer, like, that I was just like, uh, 
narratively, it would be amazing, but it also means that, A, like, the moment Hollowell's driving that Kel can't be in the story at all. And also, Gen would murder me. And so mm-hmm. I... it. So I, I I modified the story in that and kind of drew things in other directions. The other time you guys fucked my shit up is when uh, Pat died. <laughs> yeah. Because Barrow was supposed to die in that fight, and then Barrow would get... And then Pat would die where Barrow died, and so I had to flip-flop those NPCs. <laughs> but, but making Gen mad is just sort of apparently what I do. Uh... I make Gen mad a lot. Yeah. I mean, most recently with um, <laughs> fucking Gabo. Fucking Gabo. Oh, I hate Gabo so, so goddamn much. You wrote him so well <laughs> that I just hate him. He's so selfish. And you play him so well, and I'm just like. Every time you start going as Gobble, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to like tape over his goddamn mouth just... so I can like focus on things. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I I do remember. Um, I think I fucked up your shit um, with finding one of the stones of of Nikor. The, yeah, the tristones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you, guys, yeah, yeah. you guys on occasional fucked up my shit. Um, I'm and... still proud of ruining Royce's uh, uh, barrier during the final battle. That yeah. was hilarious. No, that was yeah, that was unex- but, but that's the good kind of ruining my shit. Like that's yeah, that's a like <laughs> yeah. that I'm that I'm on board with. Like 100. percent If I came up with the plan, if Royce came up with a plan, and you used the rules to circumvent my stupid plan, then good. That's that's what's supposed to happen. Like, you know, it's, I, I enjoy it when you guys come with creative solutions. It's uh, like, there are times when like, you guys will like fuck up my plan for like a fight. Like uh, when uh, you're getting one of the tristones and you push the, the guy into the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shove him in the tub and run away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how many times we actually like just run away from fights. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, no, nah, we're not going to deal with this right now. And there's sometimes absolutely run. like no reason why the person would be able to follow you. <laughs> and like that's the whole thing is it's like there's this mentality that like you know okay there's the opponent I got to kill it till they're dead. Uh but like I mean when Brittany was guest jamming back in the sanctuary arc, I got us out of that fight as Kel uh by hiring Mara. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad that storyline got resolved too. Yeah, that, no, that wasn't good. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I, I always knew that that's how I was going to end Mara's story with her just like causing havoc, dragging in a huge amount of blood, and like <laughs> we we don't know what happened to Okada Wizo. He just got left outside the building. <laughs> he was out, he was Once probably again, getting into we the same. Him. He was getting into the same nonsense he was getting into before. Probably. Yeah. Always forget the samurai. <laughs> I I completely like you know like we we kept forgetting like he was like I had such high hopes that like you know 
we'd have Nick playing dual characters in these scenes and like and then like, I, it was just like, oh, who gives a shit about this guy? I don't I, care. To to my defense, to my defense, I was going to have him disappear at the end of that arc that I'm still extremely not proud of. It was the only reason he was kept around was at the behest of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we thought we, we needed extra person. Uh-huh. Or... And he did a good job. Yeah. Probably off screen. No, he didn't. He probably yeah, went sure home. sure he did. <laughs> Maybe he <laughs> He's right now, Okado Izo is sitting in Morris Halata, probably dating the... the uh, Black oh, no. Widow used furniture lady. Because <laughs> uh, okay. uh, she even kill him? I don't That's know. That's an Let's interesting question. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I shouldn't call her a Black Widow. Um, it's uh, she's you know, she killed her. Hu- she killed Phil. Just canonically, she killed Phil. She killed her husband. No, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> Phil's dead. She buried him at the dump. Inside a futon mattress cover. Phil's dead. <laughs> I don't feel bad. And uh, technically, we didn't follow up on some of the... Uh, Mikhail Enris is still uh, uh, d- running a taco shack. He's under, like he's still a fugitive <laughs> from oh, the law. Oh, but like, Raz will totally like go to Morris Halata for a weekend. Oh, yeah. Just to hang out with NK and the gang and have tacos. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's and she probably like brought Dolores along. Because she's like, Dolores, you got to try these fucking tacos. I'm sorry that the listeners probably heard my phone go off uh, right into the recording. The, the, the Nobody else did, but I will try to edit around that, but I might not be able to because um, my sister tried to call. Sisters. Ah, I think I, I think it was on accident she tried to call because she hung up immediately. She tried to... Uh, <laughs> My oh. sister attempted to, I think, accidentally hit call on a family group chat because oh. at that missed call, there's like a whole, my, my brother and my mom are in there. Uh, but anyways, yep. uh, yeah, so I think we got, we got through most of the loose ends. Uh, we got through enough of bills where I feel like it's narratively fulfilling. Um, I feel I, like we're going to need to touch on that. Yeah, maybe. I'm pretty but, happy with, with. Yeah where we took him like i mean there's there's some stuff to maybe touch on in the future and and, uh, and we're playing in the we, same world so we have the opportunity to do that that's not a huge mm-hmm. deal i'm glad i did get to pay off when we uh that bill was uh insecure enough to believe that he might be related to hollowell I, i'm glad i, I got that. to pay that, that off that it was so was dumb it was so and so that's great um I'm it's, sorry, Bill. I, I revel in your pain sometimes. No, Bill's but, misery is deeply uh, entertaining. And so so I think we got through Bill's story pretty well. We got we took care of Raz's stuff. Um it's 
Babbitt had no hanging narrative threads because Babbitt is too simple a person to have a complicated backstory. Babbitt is too simple a person to have a complicated backstory. I yeah. think he's just a, he's, he's a guy. He's having a good time. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like I, I feel bad for not like really fulfilling on NK's narrative stuff. Cause that was the originally, so we're doing a campaign two. originally the plan for campaign two When I came up with the concept was that we'd be playing the same characters and it would be like the next arc in the series. But the problem is that our characters are just so powerful and this this is a game system designed for like like playing for like you know you can do longer form campaigns but it's it's not meant to we pushed the system to its limits <laughs> Mm-hmm. To the point where yeah. I'm making. You wanted this thing play tested. We play tested, play tested the fuck out of it. So, which, mm-hmm. to which that we are we are introducing in campaign two, um, what I'm uh, referring to as advanced combat rules, um, which uh, are not in the official guidebook. Uh, they're not in the Super Awesome Action Heroes Second Edition manual, um, so you don't need them to play the game. But they're online for free. And there is a in the guidebook. There is a link to the page where all extra materials go for the system. So I don't feel bad about it. Um, but we're using the the advanced combat rules, which is going to introduce in campaign two. We're going to be introducing um, critical successes and critical failures. Nice um, on dice rolls and fall damage. <laughs> so like Royce getting shoved out a window, besides the sweet move damage, would also do actual damage just from the fall although in this system for a character regular characters who aren't fodder less than a three-story fall isn't going to do additional damage it's still a ridiculous system don't (laughs) worry uh our characters will still be able to do ridiculously stupid things um but yeah so we're going to be introducing some nice mechanics because yeah it's so so campaign two so nk stuff was never supposed to pay off in campaign one Mm. Like it was always intended to pay off in campaign two. Um, so like it's that's why I've I have ideas for how to deal with it, but I think that really the end of her story is just going to be her accepting the world she lives in. So I was just like, I can give her a happy ending right now. That's fine. I know why NK doesn't have her memories, and I will find a way for the listeners to find out. I have a plan. But that's, I think the, the NK's memories is really the NK's, like, back story and history is the only thing I think we really left dangling. Because uh, we took care of Mara. We took care of, we took care of Bill enough. Um, we dealt with all of Raz's stuff. And, you know, someone's going to find something I said in some episode, like, a hundred episodes ago that I forgot about. We even paid off on the goddamn dragon egg. Yeah, I... I I'm willing to I'm willing to admit that I probably made some mistakes in there, but I I feel really satisfied with yeah. where my character went. I I yeah it's I I kept trying to set up stuff. For, you know I'll say Bill Bill if you want uh, Nick if you want to talk about like fucking my shit up. Bill turning out to be asexual fucked up so many of my plans. <laughs> I know I I'm no be... don't feel bad. No, it worked out great. It like It was not like it was it was fine. It did no, it's just like I Amy was gonna 
be a much more important player. And then it was just like, Bill's asexual. Well, okay. <laughs> it was one of those things I... I'm going to be honest, I do not like uh, romance or to play romance subplots in my RPs. That's fine. And I'm sorry to, I know I've actually had listeners who are friends express how disappointed they were with that. I I legitimately am sorry to you guys, but part of this is something that I do for my own fun. And I, you know, it's... Also, you know, ace representation is kind of limited, so I figured that was my... Oh, absolutely, but also then it made it funnier, because mm-hmm. then it became... That's like, true. Bill became this character who, okay, like, so I, I walk out of waste Amy on this situation. Amy will return. At, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I'm not going to waste this character concept I have for this character then on Bill, but I am sure going to make it... Everyone is going to be into Bill. So the funniest thing, the first time when when Amy kissed Bill the first time in like the the for luck moment, I literally rolled a die about which person she was going to kiss. It was it literally (laughs) I rolled a D4 like it could have been Bill, Raz, Babbitt or NK. I I rolled a D4 as to who she was going to kiss for luck. And, uh, and and so it just landed on Bill, and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. This is unexpected." And then it it clicked in immediately for me because she was like, "Okay, well, I know for a fact the interns are either stu- like studying criminal justice or they're studying um, magic." So, like, coming up why 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 Amy was into Bill was really easy for her character, but then like having Mara also into Bill was also set up at that point um, with her schoolyard bullying of Bill. was always meant to be Mara being into Bill, but having, like, the emotional maturity of a fifth grader. Mm. So, like, it's just, like, being able to, like, that's what it became. Like, I was like, okay, we're not doing a romance subplot. We're doing an anti-romance subplot with Bill. Bill being uncomfortable is one of my favorite things. like yeah so it's like this will never be a romance subplot this will be bill hates and i'm like how many women can i make into bill how many women and men can i make into bill now because there's nothing funnier to me like it's i wrote this comic unconventional for a very long time where there was the character ruth who was an asexual demi-romantic character uh, who and and like very much on the spectrum but the joke was that everybody was into her and that was va- loosely based on a real person I knew who is who's not asexual but very particular about who she's into and she has like had you know like happy relationships but there was this thing where like every guy I knew at some point tried to ask her out literally all of them every single one and this like it was a real phenomenon where like <laughs> this this person who was like in in many ways absolutely ordinary like i mean like she's not unattractive but like you wouldn't like not like remarkably more attractive than the rest of our friend group 
just suddenly kept having it happening and literally was completely disinterested and never showed interest in anyone, just kept consistently having people like hit on her. So I find that as a in real life, it's annoying and awful in a story trope. It can be hilarious mm-hmm. in fiction when it's not real people. And so like it's I like the fact that you pretty much just walked into the door for that. When I already had like then two char- two female characters who were clearly interested in Bill, and then then you revealed to me that Bill was asexual. I'm like, I'm running with this baton. I I'm good with it. I'm glad this we is... were able to make it work. I that that's really what it boils down to. It's just that it's not something that I'm comfortable playing. Yeah, no. And it's... who knows? Well, there's a lot of me. Wor- there's not. There's absolutely no one-to-one things in my characters, but there's a lot of me working out my own issues in yeah. some of the characters I write. Well, it's, and, you know, yeah, we, we had we had four very different characters when it came to their relationships and romance, right? So Bill Bill was asexual. NK, um, I kind of wrote in this whole, like, thing with her being caught up on Michelle and, like, you know, it's... And she's very much a, like, she was always hung up on michelle since before she walked into the room so there really wasn't any risk of her like romantically going towards any other direction um but she's like very much doesn't know how to just like but very much the opposite of of bill when it comes to sexuality uh <laughs> actually no the real opposite of bill is babbit mm-hmm. <laughs> yes who is just the funny thing, who Babbitt, who had like the the least on episode romance plots out of anybody, because I think they just aren't funny enough. Because it's just like everyone's like, okay, yeah, no, Babbitt's one hundred percent getting some. It's just happening over there. But what's happening over here? Yeah, <laughs> is bad. Is Bill having an awful time? Babbitt, yeah, he's in a relationship where he's dating a woman who probably killed her husband, and he's also not being exclusive when she might be expected to. Maybe he's going to get murdered. Who knows? Uh, he left town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. And then and then we get Raz with the Dolores Arcturus romance coming out of nowhere. Out of which... absolutely nowhere. And, and here's what's interesting. I'm pretty sure, like, I first wrote raz as an ace character you did and you talked about this like and, and i did I and i talked about it and, when, and yeah. then that happened and then i'm like oh well maybe she isn't fully ace maybe she's actually like demi yeah sexual and she's like realizing this about herself because here comes finally someone who she has like feelings for and she doesn't really know how to what to like that's why she's like so awkward around Dolores. Like usually oh, she's like yeah. really suave and like good with people and like whoop de doo. But like with Dolores, she's just like flubbermouthed and like whatever because she doesn't like this is the first time she's felt this way. And Dolores, and so she was, doesn't know what to do and she just acts on impulse. And Dolores was meant to be this like type A sociopath who was never supposed to appear again after like originally like. <laughs> I, I remapped one of the stories to bring her back just because of that interaction. Like, you know, where I put one of the, the Tristones in, in her family's house just to have an excuse to bring her back because of that of that interaction with Raz. Um, 
because I was like that. I was I was because you had told me that you were playing Raz as asexual, so like I wasn't expecting yeah. Raz to kiss her, and like I wasn't either, but she did. Yeah. <laughs> And and so and they let me like let me play with with that and obviously like she softened way more in her interactions with Raz so like by the time we get mm. to the finale like the final arc she's just like clearly all in for Raz and oh yeah yeah it's I I think that's I I I really like that we ended on that too um, <laughs> I, I thank you for not letting me forget that um, yeah I like. As soon as I was wondering if you were on the same wavelength I was, because when I started saying, oh, wait, I was like, oh, did did they remember like what I'm talking yeah. about? Well, and then just, we got to play that out. It's and, out and so and actually, I think it's a great scene to end the story on. Like, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Mara's resurrecting her mom is a great thing to, to slide in there. But like, it's much more emotionally fulfilling to like have Raz. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> The series Mara begins resurrect- with Raz and an elf and ends with Raz and an elf. Hey, no. Um, we can we can play it like because it's the final episode of the series of of the the fictional TV show we've been making this entire time. So when Mara's mom gets resurrected, we cut to the credits, and then Raz's scene with Dolores is the after credit scene. <laughs> Yeah, except I'm going to still put it before the end credits to make sure everybody listens to it. <laughs> or maybe mid-credits. Yeah, it would be a mid-credits thing if we were doing yeah. actual television or something like that. Yeah. But uh, it's it's going before the credits just because oh, yeah. I, no, that, I want that everyone to hear I'm it. I'm just saying, like, if this was like the, at the TV show... I hope you're okay with the fact that happen. I just jumped in and set up what was happening because I was like, Gen could... Spinner wheels for like 10 minutes as we figure this out or i can just put yep. us at a picnic yeah it's like me trying to figure out how to do a well, sweet move i was i was also thinking <laughs> i, I was there, thinking like, about, think about it i was thinking about years. it from the point of view though of just raz and dolores because like well because like, i was is... thinking like they're probably going out on their first date and i'm just like because mm, i was just gonna spit out like oh raz is like waiting for her at a coffee shop blah 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 blah, blah. but then you brought out picnic and i was just like okay yeah sure you know well, it's, well i was i was thinking of it along the lines of is this is my thought is that like Ra- i was thinking of it as raz and dolores about who's gonna actually like make decisions and have very clear ideas about what she wants her first date with this person to be like mm-hmm. like dolores had picked the spot she brought the yep. basket she knew what she and, was gonna wear she well, had a whole and, mental and picture about that encounter before the, the thing about their relationship is like you were saying dolores is type a i'm pretty sure <sighs> raz because it's made by me is a type b yeah so like laid back can go with the flow you know let dolores plan all the things that's totally cool <laughs> Yeah, I'm realizing. Yeah, I'm I'm realizing, and this is probably Mm. unhealthy. That there are a lot of similarities in personality between Dolores and Kel. (laughs) I mean, isn't there like a weird saying that like you always want to like date someone who's similar to like your parent? Yeah, I've heard that. I I I married someone who's very different from both of my parents. Yeah, so it's not always true, but yeah, I mean. 
but like it's no it's like Kel is her best friend and her brother it's you know it's it would make sense that she would gravitate towards someone like you know with that type because she's so used to dealing with that type yeah and it's it's actually why it's like it's kind of also you know like probably a lot of Raz's professional career happened because of her brother kind of pushing and yeah. he didn't have the Stormwood name on him, and she did, so he yep. didn't feel the pressure to actually be the one out in front of it. So I I think that that, that probably drove a lot of, like, just based on the way Ra- we, you know, you played Raz for over 130 episodes. Um, just, uh, I get the feeling that, and so I think that that is a, probably exactly how that relationship is going to end up managing, too. I think really... Really, the scenes that I would love to watch with and not have to perform uh, mm-hmm. is is the uh, once the relationship gets serious and uh, Dolores and Kel have to start spending time together. <laughs> yeah. And when they f- disagree on how something should be. Uh, I think uh, those times are when just like. I think early on, Raz would have tried to, like, butt in and, like, calm them down. And then, like, when it doesn't work, she just, like, heads to the garage and, like, works on her bike. Uh, Dolores starts, like, they they start, Dolores threatens to unplug Kel. Uh, (laughs) Like, And he'll point out that his stone is technically in New York now or something. Um, (laughs) And then she'll start, like, booking a plane ticket in front of him on her phone. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll turn the this Wi-Fi off. Like it's And that's yeah, no. It's uh I I would I that's an interaction that uh, people can just imagine because I like to think that 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 Raz and Dolores are endgame because they're too fucking weird not to be. Yeah. I like it. And then, like, six years later, that snake makes it to the office. (laughs) 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 And just, like, erupts through the glass. can Can I put an idea in? Actually, would it? Because I think it was tracking the Tristone one. Maybe it was, like... It would... In any... In any case, in the next season, you could put out like a random like news bulletin <laughs> about a giant snake showing up in Calisorda. Yeah, it's... yeah. We we we're not and our characters will all just be yet. like, "Huh, weird." Moving on. Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, there there are many things we could do, uh, but yeah, no, that snake will. I don't know. If, see, if the problem is if it was tracking where the Tristone went and not where Raz went, because originally those were the same place, but. It would have gone to Halcyon, where Ga- Gabo currently is. I remember it saying that it knows where Raz lives. Oh, no, it knows where Raz Right. Yeah. Because it was in our heads, right? Yeah, but it might go to Morris, so it might be NK's problem. <laughs> uh... Well, they can handle it. <laughs> They're going to just tear it up with cars. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like... Handle it. Just imagine Turk Domino driving a Dodge Charger down the mouth of a giant snake. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. He can handle I'm it. Sorry, he drives a Challenger. He drives a Challenger, not a Charger. Wrong, wrong Vin Diesel. Um, 
because I mean, I guess the new ones. He also drives no, a charger. No, the wrong Vin Diesel is the animated one. <sighs> There's an animated Fast and Furious, and cameos in it, and it's terrifying. I think Vin Diesel directed that, or no? Well, maybe he directed the other. No, he directed the other short films that had the two guys who are in Fast Four. No, this one is like a bunch of kids. It's like a kids show. Oh dear! Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's starring his uh, uh, his nephew. Dom nephew. Yeah. So Brian. Uh, no, a different no, nephew. No, no, wait, no. Brian's the name of his son. Uh, what the name of Brian's kids? Because Brian and Mia have a couple of kids. I think these ones are completely made up. Uh, maybe and it's um, what's his face's kid, the uh, the wrestler Cena. man. The Toretto family is a complicated mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think they were just and like shoehorned in this racers. random nephew and built a show around oh, him shit, and his it's friends. Tyler Posey as as Tony Toretto. <laughs> oh man, I love Tyler Posey. <laughs> I hope they make that Teen Wolf movie. Yeah. Yeah, just, just yeah. Tony Toretto. It's terrifying. We have such a you know. It's amazing we never got to werewolves in this campaign. We had werecats, but never were werecats was the closest. Yeah, we had werecats. We had vampires. We had uh, we had whatever the fuck Axel is. Yeah, apparently a kaiju now. He apparently can become a kaiju. We don't know that he <laughs> stayed one. I'm assuming that it was a temporary state. You don't he know how he got there. He went back to being a, a, a gosh or golly, whatever that there's, he is. There's also no evidence that he got that way on his own, that that wasn't <laughs> done to him by someone else. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm not saying he has the capability to do that. I'm saying that someone has the capability to do that to him. I just I had that mental picture of giant Axel like fight. I was like, this is that um, definitely like right after the fight. That's what like because we haven't touched on what's happening with the distractions since they got no. to the building. Like we touched on them a bit. Like we saw the vampires, we saw the the um the interns, um, but for the most part, we just heard the people went there and like you know we know the, you know that like the the Domino family was you know their crew was there and like all this stuff like. My, uh, so I just wanted to like get in there and like be like, no, it's big shit's been happening all over the city. That's why no one's rushing in. The other distraction or regret I have with the distractions, honestly, was uh, I messaged you about this and we didn't get to do it. It's fine. I kind of wanted Gary uh, to have started Gary. a new cult. Yeah. And to just have Gary be there as like protesting the, uh, the, um, uh, the curfew, uh, like it was, it was going to be ga- like the idea of Gary that as an really anti-masker funny. just struck me as so on brand for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I'm right. I, I am, I am definitely would have, you know, it is that like, I liked the idea. It just didn't really fit in the momentum of where we were going. Mm-hmm. I want to say canonically. Oh, canonically. Gary yes. was in the city. Yes. Gary was protesting the curfew. 
Um, he didn't have a good reason to. Of course he didn't. Um, but he was out there. Well, I, I assumed he was trying to recruit the dragon. Probably. I don't think he was succeeded. No. But, you know, he... I think he got, he did get like a former Smallville actress though. So that's something, I guess. I don't know. Oh. You didn't have to make it weird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it makes you feel any better, it wasn't, it wasn't Allison Mack. Yeah, but all the other actresses I can think of from there like went on to do other stuff. Not Annette O'Toole's on Virgin River. Kristen Kruick has uh, that lawyer show. Um, and she was in the Bad Earthsea movie. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Um, the actress I who played Lois it. Lane has um, she's been recurring on Supergirl actually, and I know she's done other. She had uh, that uh, Raising Hope show with Michael Shanks. Not Raising Hope. Um, Saving Hope. Raising Hope was a different show. Uh, Saving Hope show where she was a doctor. Uh, so, like, literally, like, um, I think Allison Mack is the only significant actress from that show who didn't really go anywhere. So I guess that, yeah, we don't need to talk about weird cult stuff. Anyways, uh, Gary, yeah, no, a Gary, a Gary, a Gary cameo would have been fun. I will admit it. I, just think... I love Gary. He's he's the worst person that I've created, and I love him you so know, much. You know what I'm looking forward to campaign too is that I look forward to playing again <clears throat> because I've just been GMing for the since like for months and months. It's just been me because we've been going for the end game of the story. I'm like, okay, so I get to GM the setup and the initial like arc, maybe the second arc, but then. Oh, other people get to be in charge for a little bit. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. And, and, and we get to be in a city and do city things again. Because I had a really good idea, but then we got kicked out of the city. And I was like, <laughs> dang it, I can't do that. Well, I'm not going to. Because it wouldn't make sense. I'm not going to spoil anything about campaign two, but I will say that the environment, our our team will be much more mobile in their locations. So, uh, they will, um, yeah, it's, there will be opportunities for that kind of story. There will be opportunities for very different stories from that. It's, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, because that's that we'll we'll talk more about that in the um in the next special where we introduce our characters for campaign two and I will explain the basic setup in that episode to the players. It's exciting. I just find it, I just find it interesting that our next our next setting is a place I've actually been to. It's where I lived as a kid. It's where a lot of my family lives. Um. It's the the whole thing. I think about, I think most of us have been there once. My brother lives there right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's uh, the last time I was. The only reason why I haven't it was the summer. 
um, because we had a big outdoor family reunion for uh, my mom's side of the family at my Aunt Diane's in Wilmette. Oh, See, I I was purposely not naming it because I didn't know if we wanted to to name Look, it yet. I Look, love going I guess people can go. Yeah, no, the secret is we're taking specifically in Wilmette. Nowhere else. Uh, <laughs> if look, people familiar with the metro area that I'm talking about will know where that is off the top. Like, will know, but uh, I guess you could Google it if you want. Um, but I didn't spoil anything for people who aren't going to bother Googling that and aren't familiar with that area. Yeah, it's so. Uh, I don't know. It's like you guys have any like uh, any particular high points that you want to address before, uh, like while we're talking here, or uh... of this past season. Yeah, of this past campaign. So we talked about Gabo. We talked about like so we don't need to talk about Gabo. Um, <laughs> no, I not the Gabo that... might not ever appear again. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I didn't think that um, I didn't think that um, I'd be able to uh, that Bill would have. I didn't know that Bill would be the character that he ended up being. And I know he might seem relatively static to some people. But to me, I I didn't think he would grow or gain confidence or be quite as much of a jackass as he ended up being. And I'm really happy that I got to do all that with him. I love, I love Bill. Like Bill's like, that's, I thought it was really important that Bill be involved also at the end because like the series starts with Raz and Kel hiring Bill, except Mm. really Raz has hired Bill without telling Bill or Kel. Like that's if we remember, that's how everything starts with like Raz has hired Bill before meeting him and has brought Bill in for his interview in quotes. And so it's like because if we all remember, I'm sure everybody's forgotten, that this whole thing started because uh Raz hired Bill and she didn't a, a certain player didn't let this go public to the rest of the characters until much later, much to my annoyance. Because I forgot. Because Raz got a message saying that um, the son of Lady Carpathia would lead her to Hollowell. And that she didn't know where the message came from. She didn't know anything, but she knew that uh, Bill Carpathia lived in San Ricardo. And so she volunteered to set up the new San Ricardo office for Starwood and Associates. Now, the answer to this, if for people who need to know, is that message was sent by Jim Johnson, and it was full of shit. It wasn't really a prophecy. It was a fake prophecy just to get them out to the West Coast because um, there is a particularly strong ward across the entire length of North America uh, saying that uh, her, her, her dad is, your dad's name is Robert, right? Correct. Yeah, Robert Stormwood can't cross the Mississippi. He can't go west of the Mississippi. And I guess there's just like a straight line north of Lake Itasca in, you know, through Canada. Okay. Um, so 
Robert Stormwood can't go to the uh, like most of the the western side of the continent. So the whole point was to lure Kel with because Kel would go with Raz to lure them out to the west coast so they could eventually like separate Kel and not have to deal with like multiple like resource like the resources of the the Stormwood offices because the the Stormwood office there are Stormwood offices in New York, Chicago, Miami, and New Orleans. Um, but there's nothing, uh, there's nothing west of there in the United States anymore. Historically, there was. I have a whole lore. There's a, there's so much lore for Stormwood, uh, and there are tons of international offices. Um, but there was, there were none out in Calisorta, and there were none in the surrounding states, and so the whole idea was to lure them out there and to cut them off from uh, Stormwood resources. That was the plan. But Raz didn't tell anyone that, so I eventually reminded Gen. Because Gen has a really bad memory. But that's, but so, like, the whole narrative of the story starts with recruiting Bill for that reason. And so for Bill to be like, I was really happy with the end with Hollowell, where when killing Hollowell, the two of you were holding on to the staff together. Um, yeah, that was that was very exciting. Yeah. And Cal. And Cal, yeah, and Cal. Like so, so it it the, the story begins with with Kel, Raz, and Bill, and ends with Kel, Raz, and Bill, with Babbitt kind of hanging out. <laughs> to to I'm be glad f- Babbitt was there though. I'm glad. Babbitt, well, to be fair. Oh okay, my gosh, uh, we mentioned like single handedly last... taking out all the guards. Yeah, I know it was great. It's. Well, and and we, we got to take care of that action economy. We mentioned this in the last like behind the scenes episode, but uh, Kyle was originally just supposed to be a guest on the first arc, like so. My my plan, like so, but he was just so fit and so well that it was just like, no, we're we're keeping Kyle after these first five episodes. No, it's Kyle's <laughs> Kyle's on the team. So, Babbitt, you know, because like so originally the plan was the fourth seat on the table we were going to alternate every storyline we'd have like a list of guest performers who we would bring in and kyle was going to be on that list and we would have kyle back more than once but then kyle's performance was just so good in that first arc it was just like no this is this is too good of a chemistry and this fits in too well we are not replacing him with anybody else this is this is kyle's seat at the table and sorry everyone else (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I I literally had talked to people about like guesting on the show who then I never got back to. <laughs> and they're hearing that now. I like them oh, all. Boy. It's just that like Kyle was that good in the first arc. So, but that's why so that's why Babbitt like like Raz, Kel, and Bill are all built into the narrative and Babbitt is and Babbitt and the rest <laughs> like even nk's in the narrative because like nk's in like nk was always intended to come in at some point as like a main character and that's why she's in that first arc with like and she like flips off the team and drops down the ele- the, the vent shaft although again as i mentioned in the previous talk about like that uh the the babbit i babbit fucked my shit up being a goblin being able to fit between the servers <laughs> Uh, 
but uh like so but so nk was in that first arc too immediately so it's like everyone everything was narratively tied in and then and here's just this our the 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 himbo thief raised by two moms bisexual i um promiscuous person (laughs) who is delightful like down to like like in the speedo on the beach episode (laughs) i love that babbitt was like the most handsome of like our entire group oh yeah no that was like the the most good looking of everyone that was it was i i i love the idea of like i like subverting tropes and so like the handsome goblin like that everyone thinks that goblin is so fucking hot it's just my favorite thing because like it's i i don't like playing into like i i enjoy playing with tropes but i like subverting them way more than playing into them um and so like it's goblins in our world uh can be very handsome He's got good eyes. I mean, just look at that official art of him. He's got a strong jaw. Even though, even the little, uh, even the little teeth are cute. And I base that, I base that official character art off of a ske- off of a drawing that Kyle gave me, and then yes. I spiced it up. So it's uh. Yeah, it's so. Do you guys have anything else we want to talk about the the campaign one before we wrap this up? Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you so much. I also want to thank um, Brittany who who guested on um, on the the Forgotten arc and then guest GM'd for an arc. Uh, I yeah. I really would like to have her back for campaign two for like some sort of arc. I think that uh, I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, agreed. It's honestly that was really fun. Honestly, like it's we just got to the point like it's. I thought about trying to bring her back in like the last year, but like we were on such momentum to the end of the story that it it just would have like it. It was so hard to not like. I didn't want to like derail the story momentum because like again, it's the whole reason why it's like again I've been GMing straight since July. <laughs> You know, on a gate on a show where we in theory rotate, like it's just uh we were we were headed to endgame, but um with a lowercase e, not the Marvel movie. Um Yes, post credit scene. Half of the Stormwood cast gets snapped. Um and Babbitt ends up quant- trapped in the quantum realm. Um Yeah, no, it's uh I I I enjoyed I enjoyed this a lot, so I I that's like, really good. She's gonna make something, but yeah, it's so uh, uh okay. All right, so with that, as I talk over Eric, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, so with that, I think unless anyone else has anything else they want to bring up. Um, I I want to celebrate everyone for DMing good, even though um, GMing, GMing, DMing, same difference. Um, 
my dungeon was in the desert and it had ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another ghost town. No snakes or worms. No, wait, there were snakes. A guy threw snakes. There were snakes. There were yeah, snakes. Yeah, there were snakes. Snake <laughs> it meets the. It makes fucking snakes and worms in abandoned snake towns. Eater. I'm still in a dream, snake eater. How many times? Did we just do that three times, or did we do more than that? Uh, I think it was just three times. So, so, so there's recurring themes. There's uh uh, I mean, not counting just times we went to small towns where things were messed up, like the Sangreal. Uh, so the, the missing piece, we did that, um, we did that with, uh, the, uh, the, the dead cliff thing. Um, and obviously we did that in the town of Phoebe. I think that's the only three times that we did the abandoned town and there's some sort of snake or worm theme. I think we just did it three times, but it's it's weird that it happened three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three is a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was just three times. It was just it was often enough where I was just like writing those descriptions and I'm like, they went to a town, it's abandoned. There's a snake slash worm. Okay. <laughs> yep. That and cults. Oh, and we did go to There's another. So many cults. So, so in cults. in Halcyon, we went to another abandoned town. Don't think there was any snakes. And no, there weren't any snakes in Halcyon. So, uh, the like, if we count also abandoned towns, we get like Halcyon, and we get like uh, I think well, technically, like the Sangreal one that wasn't abandoned, but it just felt like it was because it was just full of nonsense. And cults. Cults. We did and... a lot of cults. A lot of cults. Well, mostly we just did like two cults in a row. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot. It felt like a lot of cults, though. And then, like, the Church of Sanctuary is also kind of a cult. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's. The Church of Sanctuary is. Like, dresses up in the Catholic aesthetic, but has nothing to do with the Christian church, which canonically exists in our universe. Also, they welcomed Axel in. Yeah. And didn't call him Satan or yeah. demonic well, like, or to go away, which he's not used to. Yeah, I, I promise you those are things he normally hears. Because the, the, the Church of Sanctuary is like all of this, like, Catholic aesthetic, but they're not the Catholic church. We have a Catholic church. The Stormwoods are canonically Catholic. Like, both Kel and, like, and Raz were confirmed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Kel actually went to church. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh... So that's actually, no. that's, I kind of love the Church of Sanctuary for that, but it means they're kind of a cult. Which means our team got hired by a successful cult. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we gave them Axel. So, like, uh, you know, they're either better or worse off. But no, I just wanted to give a shout-out to, um, you know, all the, the GMs that are not Trey, because we already know trade a fantastic job GMing. Um, but the rest of us like 
haven't done it as much. Yeah. Because, like, mm. I, I know it was my my very first time jamming anything when I did it the first time on this show. Yeah, your first so. time jamming anything, and we put it on the internet. Yeah. For everyone to hear. Yep. Yeah. You, Which is pretty admirable, all yeah. things considered. I, yeah. I mean that very sincerely. Like, that's... I mean, it wasn't great, but... God, I can't believe we had, like, 130-something episodes. I know. It's been a fun show. We did a lot of, like... We did a lot of, like, not plot stuff. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest. That's... To be fair, that's on purpose. Like, I... Although I was, like, putting down, like, a... Like, I was trying to make a list for, um... Because uh, Sean Orange of Famicom Dojo was like, oh, I'm interested in listening to this. I'm like, okay. Because uh, he's going to be... Because uh, Sean's a guest player on uh, season two of The Meat Grinder. He's joining us for the second season. Um, yeah, because I, I think it's fair to announce that there is a second season of The Meat Grinder coming in 2022. Uh, we recorded it already. Um, I haven't... So done... it's in the can. Well, it's the, the, the recordings are done. The episodes are not in the can because I have not edited them and done... 50 to like 50 percent of the work still needs to be done on them in the sense that like i do a lot of post-production work on this stuff uh but uh sean's in the cast for the second season but he hadn't really listened to stormwood um which is fine you don't need to we the 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 the, the meat grinder is connected to stormwood and associates in its world but you don't need to know the what you don't need to know what happens in Stormwood to listen to the Meat Grinder. You don't need to know the Meat Grinder what happens in Stormwood. However, if you do know both, they're they are complementary in their stories and they will fill in details for the other. Um, but so he was asking, and I tried to make a list, and I was like dropping off of like all of the non like all the non plot stuff like that doesn't become important, and like I was leaving out su- a surprisingly few number of episodes that like. Because, like, you go through the list and, like, okay, so the pilot we need. Now, Island of Alcatraz originally was not on the list, but technically we touched on that goddamn egg in the final arc. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you don't need to know about that. Like, you could get away without knowing that. Um. So, okay. So we'll say you can leave that out. All right. So you can leave out um, Beached. We can probably skip the Beached two episodes. Um, Farm Barn. Okay. But that's only, like, between Beached and Farm Barn are both only two-parters, so, like, that's only four episodes that we've left out there. Um, so Town of Phoebe you need, right? Because that's... And then then we get to Reigns of Terror, which is... Okay, maybe we can leave that out for the overall arc, but it does kind of introduce, like, the Reigns people, you know, the, the, like, that whole crew of the supervillain teenage girls, which then become notable later. So the forgotten you can probably leave out, except it does introduce the entire concept of werecats. Um, Sanctuary you need uh, because it it actually sets up like some of the stuff. It's, it introduces Mara. It sets up a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, I guess you can you can leave out the bank job. We don't need the bank job, um, but then we need the dark a dark page because that's where um, you know we get NK and we lose Kel. And then Domino Effect, which is this huge 11-part arc, which usually you could drop, except 
Episode 11 out of the 11 part arc introduces the entire, like the whole soul, like Kel's story is so bound into episode 11 of that arc. (laughs) Which makes no sense if you don't listen to the 10 earlier episodes. Um, Reigns Returns introduces more Werecat stuff. Glenn Gary 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 brings an Axel. <laughs> All right. The Harm Dark 100% has to be there. That's a huge, like, twist reveal. Um, mm-hmm. Then the new normal we need because uh, that sets up the entire setup in um, in Morris. Um, Curse of Deadcliff introduces Dr. Jalopnik, so we can't get rid of that. Uh, back to school we need because that sets up getting rid of like the, the entire arc with like the actual like moves to destroy the stone of rebirth. Uh, Sangreal in arc introduces Okado Izo, um, main street part one main street. Uh, so does... in a way that one's pretty skippable. <laughs> well, okay. He's still, but he like, then suddenly here's this character who like, who is this person? Why are they here? You know, and and also though you get to meet Aesop Stormwood in the store in the in the Sangreal arc. Um, yeah, I I really dropped the ball on that. No, one. No, but too. it was I'm it really was good enough. Of... I like it. I liked it. <laughs> so, and then we get to um, I'm hard get, on myself. And then Main Street. Okay. That's a that's a Tristar and Nakur episode. Challenge of the Robots brings back you know the the Doctor Jalopnik Arcturus Manor, which brings in more Dolores Arcturus. So then. Morris by Night introduces the vampires and Mara becomes a vampire. Uh, Dope Magic, uh, you might be able to skip, but it's still like really like, okay, so maybe we can skip Dope Magic. Um, Maybe. Uh, And then we get to the missing piece, which is, you know, again, that last piece of the Tristones of the Makur. And then we get to two down two effects, which while uses the, the, the racers, like is destroying is a Hollowell story. Halcyon Dreams is a hall is like a destroying the actual stone of rebirth. Um and then we get to Forever Harmed, the finale. Like, I think maybe we could skip like three arcs out of all of that if you don't want to like be completely lost. Because <laughs> we kept recruiting people. <laughs> well, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but I like callbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy a good callback. I intentionally lay down threads so I can call back to them later. I mean, to be fair, the Halcyon stuff is a callback to the meat grinder. You don't need to listen to the meat grinder to understand it, but, like, there are, like, just, I'm going to say the Halcyon arc is not the first time you meet Gabo. If you listen to the meat grinder, you will find out where Gabo came from. And that entire army came from. Like, that's, that is the meat grinder season one. Like I like if you want the backstory about the incident in Halcyon, it's the meat grinder. But you know, like and that's the Tristone of Nakur. Not the Tristone of Nakur, the Stone of Trancura. I gave these things stupid names. <laughs> Look, sometimes you're like, Man, I need to name this magical item. Uh so try so Stone of Trancura is just a completely original thing. Tristones of Nakur so I spell it differently, but Nakur is like the uh like um the National Association of College and University Residence Halls. 
It's called Nakur. Mm-hmm. And I used to work in housing. And now I, I never did anything involving Nakur, but I heard about it all the fucking time. And so just the word Nakur was in my head. And so I needed to name a magical item something. And so I named it and I, uh, like the, so yeah, that's why like that's the Tristones of Nakur are 100% a reference to the National Association of College and University Residence Halls. Because I'm dumb. I mean, I, I could have called it Gluckur, the one for the Great Lakes, but uh, <laughs> I worked in housing when I was in university, when I went to UW Eau Claire, okay? Uh, yeah, it, it's. No, I. I... But the Stone, the, the Stone of Trancura was like, my favorite thing about the, 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 the Stone of Trancura was originally just a MacGuffin. It was it was just a thing to get you like the, the, an excuse, and then I was like, oh, I can bind the, like all the other stuff that was supposed to happen with it was stuff that was supposed to happen, but like being able to like link this one magical item to the the meat grinder season one plot and to uh, Hollowell using it with the staff, like and and then Hollowell using it with the staff, and then like yeah, all like. And him using it in the finale, like all this stuff, like that was like being able to use a single magical item for that was just like it was originally just a MacGuffin. I made up a word. I needed a magical item for the Stone of Trancura, and I the dumb bit. So the dumb bit where you hear in your head Trancura is uh 100% I created for the meat grinder because I was like, how would you know what this stupid thing was called? Like I want this to be a callback to the the Stone of Nakur, uh, the Stone of Stone of Trancura. God, I'm doing this to myself. The Stone Trancura, I wanted to make it a callback to it, uh, but none of the characters in the meat grinder would know what the fuck this random rock is called. You know, this magic item. And so I was like, oh, it just says it in your head. It got the name because it says the stupid word. It would have been hilarious if Babbitt blew himself up in the finale. <laughs> I didn't want him to and I'm glad he didn't but it would have been narratively complicated because you guys were like I that was actually I don't know if you guys realize how close that fight was if Bill hadn't healed Raz I could have taken y'all out in a turn alright so we should wrap it up because Kyle's got to go to work. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been running this uh, through my phone, which means I can't have it plugged in because Apple is stupid. <laughs> so I need to charge my phone before I go oh, to yes. work. Amazing time. Crazy finale. Super, super fun. And so have we're going to take some time off before season two. Uh, before mm -hmm. campaign two, I guess. Uh, so uh, we will see you guys all. Uh, sometimes there will be a post on the website about when campaign two is starting, and there'll be an episode zero for that. So yay, we love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We're gonna take like a month off, guys. It'll be fine.
Stormwood and Associates is a production of Nerd and Tie. You can find more information at nerdandtie.com slash stormwood. You can also find us on social media at Nerd and Tie on Twitter, nerdandtie.tumblr.com, and facebook.com slash nerdandtie. This podcast can be subscribed to on anywhere that major podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and uh, quite a few other places, and anywhere that takes an RSS feed as well. Hey, while you're still here, let me tell you about another podcast on the Nerd and Tie Network, and that's Let's Be Legendary. Let's Be Legendary, the Fey Wild West, is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play game. So, an actual play game like this one, but like, you know, in a system people actually use in the real world. Set in a homebrew Wild West steampunk world, uh, the Fey Wild West follows two people discovering what it means to be in a relationship, all the while seeking revenge and learning the truth of their pasts. Let's Be Legendary Podcast is an LGBTQ plus podcast with both main and minor characters, as well as players falling under the queer blanket. A heavy RP game with a focus on story and characters. And you can hear it every week here on the Nerd and Tie Network. And you can find all of their subscription information and links at nerdandtie.com slash legendary. <laughs>